Like I said, evil is about perspective, right? Exactly. Nerd on. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve, and where all levels of nerd are welcome. Today is a special episode, very special episode. We have a guest, and it's, it, I don't know, a little bit of background information. We got contacted by Crunchyroll to be on the show, and it's pretty fantastic. We have Miles Miles is joining us today to, we're going to learn about Miles, and we're also going to, you know, discuss something that he is nerdy about. There's, you know, uh, spoiler alert, there will be a lot of conversation about anime. So, fun stuff. But before we get into the show, let us introduce the hosts. I am Josh. I am Tom. I'm Caitlin. And this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the NerdOn Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the NerdOn Nation, you do get fun, fun perks like you get bonus episodes that nobody else hears but you. But you. And you get early access to all of our episodes. You get discounts on merch. You get access to uh, special channels in our Discord server. They're just for you to talk with other Nerd on Nation members, uh, talk with us, hosts of our other shows that are uh, part of the Nerd on family, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, check that out. Nerdon.io backslash Patreon and our, <laughs> our disc. <laughs> Patreon. I can't not do it, Josh. I know. I know. But there's like into a, my personality. But there's like this like few a couple delay. second delay where it's like, I'm <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. Uh, <laughs> sure. But, it's like Timmy and Tommy on Animal Crossing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can join our Discord, which is nerdon.io, back, nerdon.io backslash Discord. And yeah, come there join is. the conversation. There's lots of fun stuff that's going on over there. We talk about everything from anime to food porn to tech stuff to video. It's a, it's across the everything. gamut. It's, it's a really cool uh, community. Yes, gardening. It's so good. <laughs> um, but then... Also, huge shout out to our partners, um, Apogee, who have equipped us all, all of us hosts, with um, the Hype Mic. It is the ultimate podcasting microphone. It's a wonderful microphone, and I cannot recommend it enough, especially at these times um, during quarantine. Uh, Even people that are looking to get into podcasting, whether or you're a streamer, any uh, any content that needs audio, you need a microphone. I really suggest this microphone. Um, as an audio engineer, as a podcaster, I just I love it. It's a it's a dope microphone. Mm. And then uh, our friends over at Odyssey Headphones, uh, as we have stated before, they taste like butter. <laughs> for no, your they ears. sound like butter. They are wonderful. They sound like butter for your ears. <laughs> they are wonderful. They're super comfortable. They sound great. Uh, I, I another and we product wear them that, for hours on end. Yes, exactly. We wear them all day uh, when we record, and you can barely feel them. And shout out to our co-host Ali, who has very sensitive ears. Because um, it feels like butter. It feels like butter too. <laughs> <laughs> delightful. It's so delightful. But that is the housekeeping. Let us get into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's get on with the show, baby. Um, so let, let's let's hear from Miles. We did all that housekeeping. So Miles, Miles Thomas. Uh, I love your last name. It's like my first name. Oh yeah, um, it is. <laughs> what? Wow. To, to to introduce you to our audience, let's start out with like the basic question. Maybe one that you get asked all the time. What is your role with Crunchyroll? Well. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I am technically the director of uh, social media and editorial programming. You could also just say community marketing. So when I like go to Japan, they say ah, community marketing because that's something that actually like sounds like a a real job. I guess like a high role. <laughs> it's very <laughs> official. It is. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, but it, but I actually like community marketing because it speaks to like what I think I do. Because when you say social media, like, and the worst part is I'm the one who came up with that job title, and now I'm like, <laughs> but but like Dang community it. marketing represents like, I I am my rather not me my team is the one that tries to connect fans with the company. So we are the bridge between the audience and um well like our Japan office, our audience, our audience offices in like Europe and uh, all over the world, like. Uh, our team is the one that tries to say, hey, people love this anime. We should do something more with it. Or, hey, we love this anime. Let's try and spread it with the world. Uh, share it with the world. Spread it as far as possible. Uh, build up a community. Build up an audience. Uh, and so it's kind of like the fun parts of marketing. Yeah. Where instead of just like doing some like, like I, I, I am a numbers guy. Like that's kind of my background. But like there are other teams that deal with like the the like programmatic marketing that's like finding out the best ad rates on every platform, like Statistical just and algorithm and yeah. And I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I'm right. really excited as like a like lifelong anime fan that my mm-hmm. job is about like, well, how does it make people feel? That's awesome. How does it, how You're does the it, voice how can we of the like community. make stuff? Try to be. <laughs> try, well, to, try really working, hard. Working with the community. <laughs> try to represent to, them. To try to represent them as accurately as possible. I, I some, more of that because like social media sounds very like I I do algorithm stuff like that's that's yeah. very nothing impersonal. wrong with that but <laughs> <laughs> nothing well, wrong with the, that and the advantage is like because I do like I am a wonk at at, <laughs> at heart like the algorithm stuff means that like it, it, it's so much fun like within like I look at the top 100 American companies and like my social media team kicks all of their asses like nice. and just ah. on a regular basis and it's yeah. like yes one more more people like anime than you think but mm. number two because we have this like wonkiness at our hearts even though we're just doing like what like what we feel in the moment and make like stupid mistakes because we're just like anime fans yeah. too um wait you're human we also have <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh boy. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to need to end this. Like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're able to uh, play the algorithm and like beat the competition of like, and our competition's not anime. Our competition's everything that's not anime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the more anime, the rising tide of anime lifts all anime. So I like, mm-hmm. I like it when anime wins on social media. So to see like, our brand be like the tippity top of so many different like win awards and stuff. like we won yes. a social media team last year nice. uh, for Digiday, which is like my favorite magazine to read on the wonky side of things. Whoa. So like, what is a what just, is a wonk? I I must be super wonk. uncultured. Uh-huh. No wonk wonk is this is like a political term. So a wonk is someone who gets really into like the numbers, but or oh, okay. the policies. So it doesn't care about like 
the like the slogans, but cares about like, all right, but uh, tell me more about how Elizabeth Warren's bill that did like that's <laughs> like Got so it. when I say wonky, I mean like oh like I can I can literally go on for ten thousand words about how the Facebook algorithm works in regards to the single post, and it's also I can explain why mathematically why you see the stuff that on Facebook that you hate watch the most. So like that one <laughs> friend from high school who you like never interact with, you never like their posts. Facebook can like, there are, you know, algorithms that oh. determine like where your eyes are looking on the screen. And when you're scrolling through, when you linger on something, Facebook's like, hmm, they don't like to admit that they're into this, but they're into this. And so <laughs> Facebook will serve you their stuff more, for example. Like, and so like that kind of stuff like informs how we go about anime. And so I, this is what I mean. I'm getting a little in the weeds because no, like, totally I care about like, no, it's, no, I, it's fascinating. Else. But like at the same time, like how do I exploit my knowledge of this and my team's knowledge of this for the corrupt cause of making anime more popular? <laughs> so that's why no, the that, powers that, of evil for good. Is that corrupt? Because I feel like the world is better with more anime in it. Yeah. I mean, every every everyone thinks that they're always in the right, right? I think that's true. I think I'm in the right. True villains. I think think you're in the right right. too. So, so I mean that that kind of makes sense with the the other job title that you said that you don't like as much, like the long one, editorial programmer. So, I mean, it's like you're you're looking at all of these numbers and you're making informed decisions from that and for the programming, whether it's posts, whether it's hey, let's do a blog about this. Let's hey, let's do a video segment about this because. The numbers show this will be successful. Yeah, is that kind of like? Am I understanding that kind of correctly? You are. You are nailing it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Gold star for Josh. (laughs) The editorial programming part of that is like the on-site experience. So when people go to Crunchyroll.com or go to the app, like, what do they see first? And Mm. so, like, literally, my job is to maximize delighting fans. Mm -hmm. And there's five thousand things. Like, our company has a million things. Like. our company is just like yeah. There's a lot. We, we've got our expo, virtual control expos coming up in a, just a couple months here. Like mm. we've got our e-commerce platform. We do a bunch of licensed merchandise. Like we do. Like we have all these partnerships and relationships. And so, like trying to balance all that with um, finding a way to make people delighted when they're experiencing all those things to the most. Like and a lot of these things are inherently delighting, mm-hmm. uh, delightful. Like if you see a cute Android, you're gonna want to click gonna on be, it. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. Like, it's like. How can we make people more happy is how we start every day mm. on my team. And so like, that's, I don't know. I, it's a good I like, star. I like that. Positivity yeah. is infectious. And uh, I feel like the anime world is filled with that. It's just like relentless positivity. So and then you have I, I can now. only imagine how, <laughs> well, okay. All right. Hard left turn on me, Josh. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I think he's still right. Anyways, but (laughs) no, I mean, like, no, that's a really cool thing because it it is that intersection between, um, you know, user experience, but also, you know, enhancing your, 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 you know, your platform or the, the, the tools that you're using. So you can always enhance the user experience. It's very customer, user audience focused where, you know, a lot of people tend to be very numbers focused. It's like, how do we, you know, make these numbers better? But how do we make sure that we're engaging with the audience more and more? So it's, it's a really nice, you know, typically it's a vicious circle, but this sounds like a very like loving circle. So it helps. Look, at other companies, you don't have a team like mine. Audience development is the larger team I work for. Like developing an audience is not a priority of most companies. They mm-hmm. have just marketing that 
serves marketing purposes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and product teams. And so the fact that I've gotten the keys to a lot of things that normally would be like on an acquisition marketing basis or on a product basis is testament to the fact that the company cares about the community, like and recognizes like, hey, this is how we existed in the first place. Crunchyroll would not exist without like a strong community. So like I am very grateful that they've let me stay at the company for so long and hire a team up. <laughs> well, um, and that just that just proves that like that the that the community wants you to keep representing their voice. Like that what what more could be said that like they that that's kind of like a, a mutual trust thing. It's like I'm having a good experience because this person is here. Like that's why I am in a like better place because of this person. So that's like you know, that's that's kind of a reassurance for you that like my job still exists because people trust me and and, and find that reassuring. It's also as a like customer facing, like from my side of things as a as somebody who watches the product, it's it's kind of a breath of fresh air to know that this company, well, it actually cares about what mm. I am what I'm intaking and based on like what I like and caring enough to you know, care about me and how I just I, thought of huh? now. If you go to the web page, I'm just like Miles thought about you. It's like, oh, that's oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> like, all right. Now. Everybody, everybody now I have who's a phase listening and is like, watching right wow. now. <laughs> go to crunchyroll.com. Miles was but on the it's me. It's <laughs> on the flip me. side of that, though, it means that every negative thing that someone t- says about the company or any decision that anyone on any team makes, not just mine. Yeah. Yeah. My team's the one who has to see that, pass that along, make reports on that, and we internalize it a little exactly. too much because we care a little too much. Yeah. And so don't like, hurt Miles' feelings. No, I, <laughs> that's what so, we're like, saying. I used to say so much stupid stuff on like Twitter. Like I just got like I just would get in fight with people who made dumb arguments about like piracy. And like I think that there's a time and place for like everything. And like I was never dogmatic about anything, but people like whatever. I was see stupid and engaged poorly. And Mm -hmm. like almost everyone I engage with poorly is now banned from Twitter, which is a little bit of validation that maybe like they were just kind of trolls. But at the same time, I was stupid like this, like 2015, 2016 time era. And there used to be like 4chan threads about me. And I'm like, oh my God, these people would literally go about saying, oh, Crunchyroll is so stupid with this this Miles guy. And then five minutes later, I'll see, oh, Crunchyroll did this really cool thing. Why do they still have that Miles guy around though? (laughs) That was actually me. (laughs) And one of the the things that like time gives you too is like understanding of how better to have discussion. I mean, this podcast has been running for almost three years now. And like all of us have learned how to have like civil discourse about things and disagree on things Mm -hmm. and get different perspectives. And that's you know, that's something that comes with time too. So I've always uh, not. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you can say something like I discussed poorly. Like I, I, I had, I I wasn't doing things the way I should have been, but now you know how. I will also be a little devil's advocate though. If four channels coming out though, coming after you, that means you're doing some right. You know, know, but you know, you know, like, Hey, that's the past. You're grown from that. It's changed you. It's made you to who you are now. I just do want to say this comes from the member of our team who has been voted most likely to be on uh, a very bad channel or in a very bad magazine. So I'm just saying. I'm TMZ. I'm in jail. I'm in prison. I'm that guy. You know, hype it up. Um, that's me. You know, I'm the one. I'm to me. I'm like I'm the lowest form. Like if you're worse than me, then you're pretty bad. You know what I mean? But uh, I try to be pretty good about it. Oh, Tom. But let's let's talk a little bit about like what you know, like how you came across Crunchyroll. So I mean, like 
have you been like, were you an avid user of it? And then all of a sudden, like you got into working with other community-based uh, you know, companies and then got into Crunchyroll? Or how'd, that, how'd that story go? So um, like all great anime um, personalities, I started off studying agriculture. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so I, I I went to UC Davis and I oh, studied Aggies. agricultural economics. Yeah, go Ags. Um, I was also born at, sorry. Sac State. <laughs> very nice, all the same. Okay. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all are close cousins. We love y'all. Yeah. Um, went to a lot of good parties at Sac, with Sac State folks. Um, I anyway. went to a lot of good Davis parties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. Love Picnic Day. Miss Picnic yes. Day this oh, year. Picnic Day was fun. But anyways, so Davis. <laughs> Davis as as Tom, you probably know, is in the middle of nowhere. There's very little to do. It's kind of fun. It's very fun. I loved anime always since I was, you know, since I knew, before I knew what anime was, I loved anime. And I had always been in like anime groups, anime clubs, went to my local anime convention from the time I like, my parents would let me. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so uh, when I went to Davis, first thing I did was join the anime club. It was a small club, you know, like, as you would expect an anime club to be. But then I realized just talking, even my freshman year to people on my, in my dorm that like everyone, every other room had someone who liked anime, who watched anime. And I'm like, hey, why, why don't you come to the anime club with me? And they're like, anime club? Why don't I go to the anime club? Like there was this like perception of it. And I'm like, well, no, no. If you look, and like I realized by the end of my freshman year, if you look at the typical person at UC Davis, there's a pretty good chance that they like anime. And they would love to have a community in which to gather around anime, but they go to the anime club or see it or just even think about it. And they're like, I don't want to go to the anime. There's a weird stigma for some reason. Yeah. And so by my junior year, I became the president of the anime club. Nice. And I just said, you know, like, we're throwing everything out. We're going to treat it like a frat. There's no point having nice. an anime club in this day and age because the whole point of Davis Anime Club back when it was founded in 1993 was for access. It was, you would bring your VHS player and daisy chain it together to copy whatever was, you know, like that was like the point of Anime Club. You could not, 1993, you couldn't watch anime on TV, let alone have a smartphone in your pocket and watch any one of like thousands of anime uh, with a, you know, legally. Very hard, yeah. Yeah, you had to have someone that had a VHS that's like, oh man, I got this from someone. It's like, where'd you get it? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. So weird. It was. I've like, been I trusted remember, with I, information. <laughs> I I watched uh, Serial Experiments Lane on a VHS. I'm like, I don't know where it came from. There you I don't go. know where it came from though. And but, uh, and like, if it's for access, like that's why you go to the anime club. You go to watch. You don't go for like community. You have a community around it, but it's not like that's the primary purpose of the club. And so all of a sudden, within one year, we were one of the biggest clubs on campus. We were the biggest anime club in the country. We started our own anime convention. Um, uh, we, uh, by the time I graduated, we controlled a quarter of the student senate. Um, I like how you use the word control. Like it just we sounds are like the senate. we control the senate. Wow! <laughs> like I said, evil is about perspective, right? Exactly. <laughs> there it is. Okay, Palpatine. Whatever. Anime invasion. Do it. Do it. Give in to the dark side. <laughs> That's awesome. And Crunchyroll is a sponsor of the anime convention and came to visit the that second year we did it. And um, I've been in touch with Crunchyroll ever since. So I spent a couple of years. I worked at a tomato processing plant. Um, I was a financial analyst at another manufacturing plant. I just didn't really like my work all that much. And so at, at that second job uh, out of school, like 
I started like being a booth babe for Crunchyroll every once in a while. Nice. Um, I can see just, that. Like they'd find me around the country because like they're like, Miles, you, you can you can sell Crunchyroll subscriptions. People don't like Crunchyroll is still a lot newer then. And we had to tell people, hey, this is what this service is. Um, and I was I was quite good at that because I had gone in just the last couple of years from like, and it also it helped that Crunchyroll's availability had increased hugely in that period. Went mm-hmm. from pirating 100% to not pirating any of my any of my media because like I didn't yeah. I had no need to anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. there was a legal true. way to do it, and I didn't have to just wait till the DVDs came out five years later. Like I could just support it legally day one. Right and now. so it changed everything. And so I was trying to share that change and share my excitement for that change. And then a couple of years later, like they're like, you want to just do this full time? And I said, yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's basically, it, it's never been like a, my plan or my dream job, but it is both of those things now. Um, yeah. Sounds and, a lot uh, like the marquee topic that we're going to talk about later on. <laughs> yeah, so, where you find your passion and you just realize who you are. That's awesome. That's a cool. That's a. That, it's really cool that it came, <laughs> well, came around. To I that. saw that face. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Tom's hey, up man. there. Tom. Tom. Tom knows where I'm coming from. Okay. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm stepping in. I mean, so but, um, um, yeah. What does a what does a day in the life of Miles Thomas at Crunchyroll look like? I hate this question. I don't. <laughs> I'm just in meetings for like six, seven hours a day, and so like I just wake up. I have a newborn. Uh, my son Bennett is five months old. Oh, congrats! Years ago. Oh, congrats! I'm in the baby room because he's out playing in the living room where I was originally planning on recording. Oh um, well, very he kicked you out. Very <laughs> um, so he wakes up early. So I wake up early. I like to wake up early anyway. So that means I get a couple hours of actually responding to emails and doing work before the workday starts. And like I just, my team has grown quite large over the last few years. Um, we, we, you know, we put out a bunch of news articles every day. Uh, we, you know, run hundreds of social media pages. Like we, we do big campaigns. We, 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 there's not like, I don't know what I do anymore, but I know what my team does, you know? And my team has gotten better as I've gotten better at handling my own, um, neuroticisms while working from home. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Been big shift. Gotten a little better at that, but it's still, that's still weird. At least I get to spend, like, I'm, I miss my team dearly. I miss like that in-office environment. And so like, you ask me what a typical day is. My typical day is because my wife's uh, work remote job is a little more demanding on her being like typing during the middle of the day than mine. Cause I'm in so many meetings. It means that four hours a day, I'm like, got my little boy on my lap and I'm just playing with him while muted in a meeting. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad. Doesn't sound too I, bad. I, I think that that question would be different three months prior to now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I would not be <laughs> needing to fix it with so much work after like yeah. 10 o'clock when the baby's. Oh, oh no. yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. That's there. There are side effects of uh, life the way it is now. Look, I just like having the flexibility. Um, and you can maybe hear him in the background now, but I just like having the flexibility and I'm like not missing any of his firsts. Like, yeah, I am not, yeah. I, I cannot, I cannot, I don't want to be ungrateful because I'm really just gratified to spend so much time with my little guy um, at these like pivotal moments that I thought I was going to have to miss because I am an adult and have to work. So yeah. uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool. 
I um, it's everything's hard right now, but uh, I'm that silver lining is uh, mm-hmm. pretty damn uh, spectacular. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of like the way to kind of turn the situations of like, yeah, we're all kind of stuck at home and it's very you know not great circumstances, but. The great thing is like, you know, this does give a lot of people to have chances to connect and get closer within their, you know, family. So like, yeah, it's, it's a wonder, it's, it's a it's wonderful a strange irony I can only imagine that there's, there's yeah. distance, but it's also like during this time, I have gotten to connect with a lot more people. Like even, even my neighbors who I didn't really talk to very much were talking mm-hmm. more or like friends from high school. We've done like the, like zoom meetings where we're just catching up and it's like, one of them I hadn't seen in like 10 years. And it's like, it's strange that there is this disconnect, but there's also more connection. Because I think also the world is realizing how much digital space we have available to us like this right now. We're still able to create Absolutely. a podcast remotely and it's, and we're connecting. And it's just, it's a very, it's a, it's just a very weird catch 22 that you're like. And <laughs> another little uh, silver lining just just because we're, you know, going to be talking about anime is like the the more time at home is also that all of us have a backlog of things we've been wanting to watch, wanting to play, mm. wanting to like oh. sit down and finally get through. And this time has been like the the ultimate ability to just like... Justification. <laughs> get through every show, every season you wanted to see, every movie you wanted to see, like... It's all happening all at once. So it that it's there's as as much bad as there is, there's good too. So I, I think it's it's Whoa. balanced. What's the biggest what's the best thing you've binged so far then, Caitlin? Ooh. During this whole pandemic. I mean flip the script. Ooh. Honestly, just the- just and it's gonna feel super biased. I know it because we're talking about it. <laughs> I knew it. Sound euphonium. <laughs> really? Yeah. I I'm not okay, but I have to preface with I also just got through watching Peaky Blinders. And that oh, nice. was yeah. really, really good. But I really like that a lot. But like I haven't I fell off the anime. Something completely like, train different. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know, very Peaky Blinders sound euphonium. <laughs> like it's just like if you were like I, if somebody were like, Well, what do you want to watch next? Something completely different. Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where like, you kind of forget, you forget how much you love something until you've been away from it from, for a long time. And then you come back to it. And I was always very, very picky with my anime. Like I, I needed it to have like, uh, a, a good arc and like the characters needed to be really fleshed out and they needed to be like striving towards something, but like, not like a surface level, like, you know, ho-hum slice of life. Not that I don't enjoy those. Um, but this kind of had all of those things in it that I, I had been missing. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it, but like some of the, uh, sound euphonium, I'm just going to give a brief synopsis very quick. It's about the high school band basically. Um, and, and your journey as a musician through there and a coming of age story. And, um, some of the musicians like, kind of were doing things, but they were doing them very robotically and there was no soul in it. And then um, like coming back to anime and kind of like finding my soul again um, 
was it was just like the perfect thing that I needed right now. So I yeah, Soundy Phony was my it, answer. Is like it, 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 it feels no super good, biased. Yeah. I swear it's not. It's just it like one hundred percent sounds biased. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. yeah Caitlin. Perfect answer. Oh my god. Okay, guys, <laughs> cut it out. Make I like out. you know I like other stuff too. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, I wow. do have a, a question just because you were talking about binging and stuff like that. So I started binging some stuff on HBO Max. And HBO Max uh, has now, now well, it, it, that the launch was to include Crunchyroll stuff. So from oh, yeah. that perspective, I want to get like a little bit of insight from you. Like what's that kind of been like, you know, like working with another company like that? Well, we are part of Warner Media. Mm-hmm. Um, so Crunchyroll is a Warner Media fan, uh, company, which is cool because that means I get to like uh, shoot the shit with like the person who runs the Wonder Woman account or like the person oh. who runs the Full Frontal account. You're like hitting the every right button words. for Tom right now. <laughs> you said the right words. Yeah. Yep. Like Detective Pikachu is in like mm. the family, you know, like uh, like I got to, there was this big Scoob like social mm. media initiative that I like. I, like I just got the report for it and got to talk to the people who like ran the initiative. I'm like, oh, that was so, like I just... I, I don't know, like working with Scooby Doo is cool. I don't know. Yeah, I like that's kind of a bad. That's kind of a cool sentence. <laughs> working uh, with Scooby Doo. I mean, before HBO Max had launched, were you working with uh Warner yeah. people before a lot? Yeah, but it it definitely heightened it and made it so that I again more meetings. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, from my perspective. <laughs> Six hours versus four. Um but I I love the fact that Crunchyroll is on HBO Max because the there is not that back in the day. Can I make a quick tangent? Back this is not please, please, please. When the pyramids back are still in young. The, <laughs> in the day, there were only a couple places where you could watch anime, and it kind of brought the entire anime community together. And so we all had a shared collective experience of how we watched anime. And by the mid aughts, that kind of died off around the same time it actually happened because people were starting to watch anime on the internet and it was, uh, you know, dissociate, like it was, people would watch it in a million different places and all of a sudden, instead of just three or four shows getting localized a year, it was like 30 or 40 and now it's like 150, 200. And so when everyone was watching the same stuff, it like had, and being an anime fan meant you liked, honestly, it meant you liked certain genres Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. It meant you liked certain aesthetics. And now being an anime fan just means you like storytelling from a different part of the world with a different, like with some different sensibilities, but it doesn't like anime is a medium, not a genre. And so it's like, it doesn't mean much to be an anime fan. It's a medium. On its, on it, like on some level, but on another level, it means a lot culturally. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, this is all to say HBO Max is something that it is already in tens of millions of households or something like that. I think because it's, a it's a lot. Has to no, be. Has to be. My, the the PR department can can um, can uh, follow up with me about the actual number later. But <laughs> uh, there are so many people watching HBO, and now you're just going to be able to accidentally run into anime a little bit more often. And like, yeah. I, I just Oops. watched Tales from Mercy last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Tales from Mercy last night, which is not Crunchyroll, but like the the fact that all the Ghibli stuff is there makes yeah. it a really easy transition. To like, hey, start off with the Ghibli stuff, but then you know, come over and watch like Azoken on Crunchyroll, and then you're like, oh, I like this anime stuff, and then they're like, Crunchyroll, what's that? And then all of a sudden, you're brought into this bigger world. So like, having anime, and then like, you know, like it, it there's also something to do with marketing where like, I can also like, I, I see anime on big platforms sometimes, and 
that's great. And I'm glad it's there because that means that it's accessible. But if no one's spending a lot of time very thoughtfully, lovingly, and strategically marketing those anime, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how big of a platform you're on because like they all have thousands of shows. But if there are shows that are on HBO Max that like my team is marketing the hell out of just in general, just to get people to like the show in general, then like it means it's a lot more likely that someone's like, oh, hey, I see this cool like thing on Twitter. Oh, it's on HBO Max. I'm going to watch it. Oh, what's Crunchyroll? And then like, that's a good, that's really good. That's it's, really, a, it's a good entry point. And, and I, yeah. I, I found anime in my teens. And so like for me, it was like the perfect, I mean, I've been watching it since I was a kid, but like it was more like I started like really falling in love with it. And so like, to me, I think it's the perfect, like when we're talking about like networks or and streaming services, like you think about all the, you know, uh, age group. So it's like, you know, do we have the kids programming? And I think that's a perfect time for teens to get into anime because it start, starts getting mm-hmm. to the adult content. It starts letting them know like, hey, there's real world consequences. You're not just like, what color is this? It's more like, what are the lessons being taught? What are, yeah. you know, like, what are the characters going through and what are the journeys? And then that later on brings you to like the TV shows that deal with like drugs and murder. And so it's like, okay, now this is real adult stuff. So um, I thought, uh, to me, I thought that was so cool. I'm like, oh, HBO Max like has everything that I wanted. And I was like, oh, Crunchyroll. And like, for me, like, like Crunchyroll, I've always had this like lingering like experience with. And then all of a sudden, like when it's brought more into the foreground, I was like, oh, well now I have to be able to use it because it's more accessible to me. And so I talk about accessibility, which is, you know, the point of it all. So, um, wh- uh, does anyone have any other questions before we got in, get into, uh, the, the show, the, the, the show show, the, the meat and potatoes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, half of this show um, will now uh, divert into what, uh, talking about uh, sound euphonium. Or I, I'm gonna sorry, um, an American English speaker, uh, hibike euphonium, right? Yep. I, I'm assuming that's it. right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the show that uh, we were talking about. Like typically, when we get any guests on the show, we want to get a chance to talk about something that you may or may not have talked about before. Just you know, you get asked a lot about you know your role in Crunchyroll, but what about anime that you like? Um, so we talk. We're now we're doing Sound Euphonium, which we watched uh, in preparation for this. Some watched before this point. So Miles, I wanna I wanna hear from you how you got into Sound Euphonium or your journey with it. Uh, just a little bit of your initial reactions with it too. Well, it all starts back in two thousand eight. <laughs> do it. Do it. Actually, <laughs> go all the way back. I watched Clanad and Clanad After Story, okay. and cried like a baby. And I was very young and didn't know better. And don't revisit it if you watched it back in the day um, because it will not hold up, I promise. I'm really sorry. Uh, okay. Um, Facts. Kiwani instantly became my favorite uh, animation studio um, mm-hmm. from watching that. And, uh, you know, whether it was Haruhi or, um, you know, like any of the thing or K-On, like they had made a bunch of like really enjoyable shows but none of them were my favorite. I just like really enjoyed what they were doing from an animation. Like I loved exactly, watching yeah. their shows way more. Like Harvey was never one of my favorites. Keon never one of my favorites. Like they were just things that I really enjoyed watching. Like, and mm-hmm. I thought like they were, when we're talking about the craft of animation, exactly. they were the best. Mm-hmm. I love Disappearance. I can know Disappearance is actually really objectively good. But that, <laughs> um, nice little uh, slide in there. It was good. So, uh, when Sound Euphonium was first announced, I was very excited immediately because I loved the other character designs. I um, had 
free had just come out not too long ago and I had been obsessed with free. Um, and like, maybe once like NDAs are all over, like I'll come back on this podcast in five years and I'll tell you a super secret or 10 years and tell you a super secret story about free. That's very funny. Yes. Uh, but, uh, free was like the, one of the first anime that Crunchyroll licensed outright. Like instead nice. of oh. like, so it's, there's some fun, there's some fun things. Wow. Five to 10 years, five to 10 years. We'll, we'll, we'll hear, we'll hear. Keep your job, keep your I job. I actually, I have a very funny story about free real quick. That oh, is, yes, I'm allowed tell to me tell, about the which boys. Is, why is free called free Iwatobi swim club in America or outside of Japan? I don't, I don't know. Because Americans like long titles. <laughs> in Japan, it's just called free. Why would it be free, called Free Iwatobi. Iwatobi Swim Club here? I don't know. Because Crunchyroll.com slash free is how you oh. get a free trial. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Once you hear it, you're like, yeah. Wow. I mean, it makes complete wow. sense. That's crazy. I was wondering why that name was so long. I was like, huh, I feel like free would have been like a pretty good title just by itself. But That's now it's a really long, long link. <laughs> Again, well, wow. it goes with the fact that like, yo, like a lot of animes have long titles and like those are like, tend to be like those like, you know, you know, silent hitters that like mm-hmm. everyone just falls into. So I'm like, maybe that? But I know. Okay. We're, we're starting to get to the age of like the, the title is like a paragraph. It's like my dog saw a flower and licked the wallpaper or something. Like, yes. That's, that's, we, we have a new record. What, what's we the have record? a new record oh, of, no. of longest title. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I can't. I don't know if we've announced it yet. But we have a oh. new record. Ah. And we're using it now because the previous record was World End. What will you do at the end of the world? Will you save us? Yeah. Um, that was previously the longest title on Control, and now we have a longer one. So wow. Oh, I, li- I like I'm how there's excited. an Olympics. Like my last name is really long, and I hope that I, I could be contended or something like that. But um, so so sound euphonium. So sound euphonium <laughs> was coming out. Very thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate you. We went on a couple <laughs> tangents there. Uh, sound euphonium. Uh, I immediately was attracted to the character designs. Was very excited. Um, loved a lot of the cast and like the directors who are working on it. The two key core directors are like some of my favorite Kiwani directors, even to this day. Um, and uh, I played saxophone all throughout my youth. Uh, um, me too. I was in the concert it band, is. symphonic band, all that stuff. And so that was what brought me in. That was what drew me in. Mm-hmm. But my, and certainly my nostalgic memories and experiences playing, like being in the competition and like struggling with how much I cared about this hobby of mine as like uh, uh, something I did like that my parents pushed me to do for college versus something I legitimately cared about because I wanted to be in the jazz band, but I wasn't good enough to be in the jazz band. Oh, no. I was stuck in the symphonic band. Yep. And so I just played jazz on my own and never practiced the, the like, songs we were supposed to do. Concert stuff. Concert stuff. And the the alto sax in uh, a symphonic band is actually in a fairly similar role to the UFO. Oh, Because it is a... It is... It is not like a bass. You're not keeping the bass line. You are there to supplement the other instruments. You are there to make the sound Hold ring truer for everyone else. And so, so, Josh, you played the saxophone too? I did. Alto sax. Hell yeah. Do you still play? No. I switched to choir. <laughs> do, do you still play, Miles? I like to. I don't play nearly as much as I would 
would want. And the problem is if you don't play it a lot, you don't have the stamina yeah. to, to play like meaningfully. I would love I, one of these days. I don't know. You're, We're raising chickens now. I, I don't know. You ever I, I was French horn and upright bass, so I feel it. Oh my goodness! I feel like Miles, you just had an existential crisis. <laughs> like, I, I don't, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I want to play the saxophone. I don't. Strange. I have two kids. You're, I, I'm an adult. I, your <laughs> own sound euphonium will begin before long. You ever? I got watch, in. Also, you ever watch Whiplash? Oh no, I can't. I, was, I can't. I my wife say. told me I should never watch it. it it's oh. like it's very. I think it, it wanna hits for me because oh. like I'm a filmmaker but then like i think for musicians it's just like another level of like it's i would say if sound euphonium like has a very positive ending like whiplash is very does not (laughs) it's 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 much more like who are you and it's like oh god (laughs) like in a terrible way makes you go fetal yeah Um, anyways uber ride before the pandemic with for a half hour and the dude asked me why my name is miles and we started talking about miles davis and then we started talking about like he he still plays the saxophone. And we were talking about playing the saxophone for like a half hour, and I was just sobbing by the last. Like, it was a really, God. Anyway, so crisis. Um, <laughs> Sound Euphonium. Then I watched it, and from the first episode, I said this is one of the most perfect anime I've ever seen in my life. And wow, um, the coolest thing about Sound Euphonium is there has never been a moment I have not felt that way. And so, like um, when we were uh reaching out to y'all about like what to talk about like i gave a list of like i think 10 series i think that mm-hmm. i would be willing to talk about um and i'm really happy you chose this one because of everything on crunchyroll this is probably the one this and shirobako are the two that mean the most to me um and as much as i love shirobako sound euphonium is objectively much better because <laughs> <laughs> um, sound euphonium is the per there it there, it is the perfect anime. It is the and when I say the perfect anime, what I mean is the perfect v- visual medium, like audio visual medium, like expression of audio visual medium in twenty three minute segments. Yeah. Like it is every ep- the characters are the most well developed and real and meaningful characters I've seen in anything in literally anything, um, and the. Struggles that Kumiko goes through are so profound. And Tom, I appreciate you stealing my thunder because <laughs> what you said is just like a more succinct way of anything I could have said of just like, uh, you know, I want to I want to improve. Like understanding Kumiko, watching Kumiko's journey of finding finding her passion for, or understanding her passions and understanding where those passions came from. And then, her being the like black hole of drama within uh, uh, Kitioji, like like, and seeing like the understanding from drama. her perspective, like because like in some ways like she's like Nick from um, The Great Gatsby, where mm-hmm. it's not about her half the Just time. It's about by. like, well, not even, but she's a little more than a passerby because she is so such a perfect in her in her um, in her uh, she's overly compassionate and overly friendly in a way that drives her crazy all the time. And as such an approachable, like, person to for other people to project things onto, she serves as, like, listener. the fulcrum of so many crazy things. Yeah. And so much other people's drama and their reasons for playing. And, like, look, music is a very personal thing. It could have been about literally any topic. And if it was told by the same people in the same fashion, it would have been just as deep and meaningful of a story. And well, I think I would have liked it just as much. Um, 
but it's not. It's about high school band. So and it it's hits about, even harder. Yeah. Oh, it hits me even harder. <laughs> and God, it, it, Sound Euphonium is the perfect anime. And it is why, uh, it is, I, I, you know, being able to, uh, interact with people and like develop a community around people who feel as passionately about this kind of thing as I do is why I love my job and what keeps me going no matter how hard, uh, any given week is. Um, and I always, and I look to, you know, I look to Kumiko as like, uh, I, I, she develops over the course of, you know, two seasons in a movie into a mm-hmm. protagonist. She yeah. starts off as a Nick and by then she's the Gatsby. And like, that is exceptional. You talk about coming of age, but you do not, most coming of age stories are about someone who is already the protagonist of their own life. Yeah. And for Kumiko to not be that way until you've already spent 10, 15 hours with her, but it feels so organic and perfect at the same time is just so incredible and just and this I haven't even said anything about like the directing or like the the, <laughs> the, mu- music? the music oh the music. my god or how you can know like when like during uh the second season when um you know there's the the oboe and the uh uh flute uh duet oh, yeah, yeah yeah and they are telling each other through their music exactly how they feel to each other like and you know everything about how they're feeling and how they think the other person is feeling and why they're having a convert and why they play and they're having this conversation over just six minutes of no dialogue but just the music that that is art Mm -hmm. no and and i've I've said this a lot too where like i think a lot of like even with film and comic books um there's a lot of nuance and subtlety that is just like just bulldozed over that that sound euphonium in just in its animation takes the time to tell those stories. And, um, you know, it's probably because of the animation studios, but it's like, you know, like the, this show is like almost like a masterclass of showing you like these are who the characters are without having to explain it. Um, and I, I really take heart to those kind of things because I feel like us as humans you know, we evolved from, you know, cave drawings and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. like we were able to see, you know, literature change and grow over time and visualizing and seeing patterns. And so seeing those things are are uh, appealing to our higher brain functions of being able to like, these are who these characters are and these are the relationships that they built. And this is the emotion that they're conveying in such a, in a beautiful way too. You could do it and it'd be raw and dirty, but they do it in such finesse where it's like, I, I was it's pretty. <laughs> I was watching it and then like every day I was watching an episode and I would tell, tell my friends like, God, I hate how good looking the show is. <laughs> my goodness. And there's like, what do you mean? I was like, it's just like the most beautiful show I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like it's it's just so beautiful. It's like it's, dreamy. It, but yeah, it's I mean, yeah. even even from the first episode, you're base you start with the end. Mm. I mean, the basically so all of deep, Sound yeah. Euphonium is like Kumiko's recollection of what happened up to that end point. And and I feel like the the way that they've done everything, as you were saying, like there's the music, we could talk about the direction, we could talk about the art, we could talk about, um, but, but the things they put in between too, like 
um, uh, I, one of the things I was talking about earlier was Kumiko's older sister. Like when oh. they finally have that big discussion of, of oh. like, the way that that was done was so good because like, you know, Kumiko's older sister burns the soup to try and like amend this, you know, riff with her parents and she burns it. And then she's, Kumiko's like, no, I'm just going to make dinner. You go take care of that pot. And in a way it was kind of like, I'm going to like go on and do the things you wish you could have done. You have to take all of the burnt past you have off of that old pot. And they even show you the inside of the pot at the end when she like, her last frustration, she gets off that like last bit of burnt stuff in the pot. And then it's kind of her like wiping away all of her past issues in a way of like coming to terms with it. And they show you the inside of the pot and it's like, it's it's clean, but it's scratched up because of how much effort she had to put into getting it to be what she wanted it to be. And like all of that was was like the story that mm-hmm. was happening. That That's they were it. That's the post. You know? Like you, you, <laughs> could, you could see this show and understand the story without hearing it. Like that's what... It's 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 all interwoven so well that it it is it's very dreamlike the art the the music the everything about it so, so yeah yeah so that's why it's my favorite so I could like it even though we just watched this so go away Tom <laughs> I do I do want to ask a question though um, and this is this is me and I I know it's not really like couth but um, Miles you you say this is like you know objectively and personally one of the greatest animes you've ever watched. Yeah. How much anime have you watched in your life? Hours. Uh, co- so in 2010, my my anime lists. 2011 was last year. I kept up my my anime lists that I had watched 280 days of anime, um, and I've ramped up my anime since then. So I want I want so a lot. So it's <laughs> no. like a lot. Yeah, I've cool. spent at least a year of my life watching anime, but probably significantly more than that. Yeah. And I think that that, that comes right. to point because like, I think, you know, best thing ever, you hear that from like, you know, reviewer aggregates and stuff like that. But it's like, it yeah. comes to a point where it's like, when you hear someone that has watched considerably a much more, much more anime than like an average, you know, viewer that this show is so freaking good. And it's like, we're not paid by them. You know, I, I don't, at least I'm not, but it's like, I, I don't like, yet. I don't have, to, I'm not paid to <laughs> hashtag how yet how great the show is, but the show is like, so like, and I was telling this to everyone. I was like, I was so surprised at how much I was like, okay, cool, slice of life, whatever, and watching it. And I was like, oh shit, no, oh, oh shit, no oh, oh oh, they're gonna go with that. Oh, and then season two is like, oh oh, why? Oh, I was like, it became like my top five like favorite anime of all time. I was like, I never expected. And then I haven't watched the movie yet, and so now I'm just like. I need to watch the movie. I need to see what so, happens in that second year. I need to see those arcs <laughs> of fruition. And I'm like, and so like, oh, I was like, I need to see what happens to Reyna. I mean, my, this, this for me, I'm, I'm one of the uncultured swines, just so you know. Uh, when He's we, our resident. I'm, when we started this show uh, way back when the pyramids were still young, when we started this show, I pretty much had no anime experience. Like, I had like the stereotypical where I had seen a couple of uh, Ghibli films and it's like, sure. yeah. Um, so since then we've done a few shows like um, Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, but notice that those shows are dubbed. This was my first sub experience. Um, 
And it, Subdub it, War Unites. Or, or it, was unites. An inter- <laughs> it was an interesting experience, and I'm not going to say one is better than the other. I can only talk about like the experience of it. I need to, of course, watch more subs. Um, but it was it was an interesting. It was cool to have this be my first, um, and just like the the nuances that go on into it. I mean, for me, the it, it takes a lot of. I'm just going to say it takes a lot of balls for a show that is quote 23 minutes. Let's let's be real. It's probably 20 minutes when you've got credits and whatnot to spend. Oh, like I would say maybe like 10, maybe more minutes on a music piece. I mean, that's it's fascinating to me. I think it's I think that's wonderful. Like to to be able to do that, uh, to spend that much time on a music piece that, yeah, it has to do with what they're and I had a personal connection to it as well because I was in band. I'm a theater geek, so I changed to, uh, and I did musicals, so I switched to choir. Um, but yeah, I played alto sax nerd. for nerd. Uh, <laughs> I played alto sax, and so there was a lot of, uh, there were some of these things that I was like, I remember when I got my instrument. I remember that. And you're like, when you, you clip it open and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh. Like a brand new yeah. instrument is so beautiful because it hasn't been tainted by years of spit and fingerprints and <laughs> but no it's a um, fascinating it, it was a, it was a wonderful show to like my only other um like slice of life was when we did fruits basket and it was yeah it was cool to get another like i i like that the shows that we have picked have been there's been quite the gamut so it's always nice to watch another show like you know what i mean like where it's like you're getting like Oh, I have one from each genre, but now it's like, oh, now I have a few from each genre where it's like, okay, cool. This is getting the gamut is is yeah, kind of nice. And yeah, it's a testament to like the, the other non anime fluent audiences who are saying like, you know, anime is not a genre. It's a medium, you know, it's a full medium in itself and it should be respected as such because you don't just get one thing. It's like, it's not just anime. It's like anime is so much. It's so huge. It's its own, you know, universe in that sense. Um, you know, multiverse in that sense. Um, but I did like what you're saying about how the show is so good and it could have been about anything. It could have been about like, tr- you know, like the chess team. It could have been about trivia and all that stuff. For me, and I talked to Kaylin and she like called it out like on a dime because I was in ROTC in high school. And so like that just tickled that experience of like competing, the drama between different grades of students and like trying to be really good. And then a conductor or our, our time was the army instructor who was just like, busting balls and was just like oh are you trying get it together and it's like okay i will and it's like <laughs> i'll be better like, so you, like the reward for the potential that of what you're of what you're working for and the passion and that's like the enough justification to do what you're doing you know you don't like being true to yourself and like that's i think the big lesson that the older sister has to learn that kumiko ends up teaching asuka which was or like trying mm-hmm. to relate to asuka and like oh, it's there's there's a lot less like, suck more good <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I, I think since it is something that we can all kind of find ourselves in, was there a character, Miles, uh, that you resonated with? I mean, I already spoke to to really feeling very close to Kumiko. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always felt like I'm the protagonist of my own life. So, you know, maybe that's a little contrary to, to what I said earlier, but um, I... I think one of the things I liked most about it is I was really looking at their experiences. And even though I had a lot to relate to their experiences, um, 
again, from like a storytelling perspective, um, and like to even like add context onto what I said earlier, like I've watched hundreds of days worth of anime. I've watched uh, 93 or four of the AFI's top 100 films. And like, this does a better job storytelling than the best hundred, than almost all of the best hundred films in American history. Right. Like, uh, and that's my personal perspective, but um, I am so smitten by and charmed by the the cast of characters that Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really like identify or see myself very much in any of them other than like being able to relate broadly to Kumiko aspects and stuff. Experiences. Um, And it's really less of a, and I actually like that it's less of a personal show, even though I like have that band experience. Um, I think it, it almost is more profound because I'm not, I've already, I've already experienced these things. I've already learned these lessons more or less. Um, or I'm watching it as I'm experiencing these things, you know, in real, like in real time. Yeah. And so um, between all that, like I am able, I, I am, it's less about that personal experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was looking up a little bit of like the audience zeitgeist of what they were talking about of like, you know, their experiences of it. And like, I, I have to say like a lot of them kind of felt like how it sounded like you were going through with the anime club uh, in Davis you know, a lot of people were saying like, yeah, I'm going to med school or I'm going to college. And seeing this show made me realize like Kumiko definitely has that. I'm going to be someone else. And then that realization that like, no, I truly do love the euphonium. I truly do love this thing. I did this new hairstyle and now I'm not doing this hairstyle. I made new <laughs> friends. And then that's like all these things where it's like the first season's like her rediscovery and then the challenge of her own potential. And then uh, like really kind of like that. I mean, yeah, The, the I, I lean back to the old sister because she is like the cautionary tale of like not being true to who you are because that's definitely the road that everyone, a lot of people take is that like in order to grow up and be an adult, like you just put away your passions and stuff like that. Especially when, with the arts. Like specifically, yeah. like I, I don't, anybody can probably attest to this of like, it's the having the, something that I grew up big time with was finding the fallback. You've got to, like if you're in the arts, you always have to have that backup plan of like, yeah. oh, that's great that you the, like the acting or, or music, but, you know, find a real thing. And it's, and yeah. sometimes that just takes over and you're unable to, there isn't that balance in your life of being able to focus on a passion or whatever. And it kind of eats at your soul. And you can really see that with the bigger, with, with the older sister, where it, it almost builds a, um, a resentment of, a, the people that are participating in this thing that you want to, but even maybe towards yourself, like an anger towards yourself that is like, and then you just can't help but like blow up at people because you're just so angry at them and you, and it's just an emotional roller coaster. Yes. So flip the strip. <laughs> Caitlin, what, who, is you, who do you resonate with the most? Oh, uh, ah. what is this life? Why are we targeting me? What's Tell happening? me about your life. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I see aspects of myself in Kumiko and Taki and uh, Reina, uh, and a little bit of uh, Shuichi too. Just in Taki, bit. ooh, can you tell us more about that? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe we're just going to take a little turn and ask Miles, what are some of your favorite parts from from season one and two? Um, oh, I was about to say, like, uh, at the end of uh, 
what's called Our Promise, the movie, mm-hmm. which is kind mm-hmm. of like the next, it's essentially, the next part. It's, it's the next volume worth of content. So it's like another season, essentially. Mm-hmm. I cried like a baby at the ending of it. Like I cried so much at the ending of that movie because <laughs> it, it's everything the first two seasons had been leading up to mm-hmm. in a, such an unexpected but profound way that um, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Oh. I'm going to watch that movie again tonight. Factory <laughs> just released a Blu-ray. Uh, oh. uh, thanks to 11 Arts for bringing it over to the United States. Hey. Um, but uh, I think... Um, the maybe episode eight or nine of the first season where uh, Kumiko goes up on the hilltop with Reina. Reina. Mm-hmm. Um, and Reina confronts Kumiko about her bullshit. And um, it's very fair and <laughs> very justified. Fair um, point. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that scene because uh, Reina is a great, is an, such an excellent character. And it's, it's, it seems like a Kumiko moment, but it really is the the Reina moment that you should have known. Like it shouldn't be a surprise at, by that point in the show, but it is the crystallization of everything that she is in one scene, and it really emphasizes why Kumiko has such strong feelings towards her in a way that is like beautiful and meaningful and uh, uh, very profound for uh, a high schooler. Mm. Even though they don't know understand their feelings necessarily, they 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 represent them very uh, clearly, accurately. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any other parts that like stuck out to you, or like moments that like for me the the fireworks scene when mm. uh, Kumiko and Reina are like watching the fireworks together, and she's just like, I just wish I could hold on to it forever because I think we all have those moments grown up where we're like, I know this moment isn't going to last right now, but I like it. It could stay. <laughs> I, I feel it as a, as a father, first time father, oh. I feel it literally every day. Oh. Um, like, I'm like, I want you to talk, but I really, I don't want you to change at all. For, I, <laughs> I want Just to stay. Do not age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, also, I think that's a big topic in high school dramas too, because like, you know, in an interpersonal level, like it is that, you know, fantasy of holding on to your childhood, but also that, you know, time is just pulling you towards adulthood. And so it's like the, and and this is something that I've always loved about anime, especially anime that's like based in Japan, like in the show. I don't know if there's a lot, but summer and hearing cicadas, it's just like, it's just like, oh man, like it makes you feel like, man, time is going to pass you by and there's nothing you can do about it. And the holding on to those memories, it's like, these are like the twilights of like your adolescence and in and and in your maturities level. So it's it yeah, that yeah. That 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 feeling, I feel it. I just have to do a really cool or cool. You be the cool? this the deciding factor of whether what I say is cool. No. It's uh, not. One at one point, uh one scene that I just loved is when they're getting their instruments and is is it Hazuki? Hazuka? Hazuki, she has her tuba. Hazuki, yeah. And she, she, yeah. Uh, she calls it tuba cabra. I just yeah. thought it was oh. the greatest. I loved that it was called tuba cabra. <laughs> I was also very tickled by uh, Midori having you the base. Sapphire. sapphire <laughs> no, it's Midori. <laughs> she calls herself Midori. I know. It's corrected all the time. But uh, she, she plays upright bass, and that's what oh. I played. So it was really like, 
a little painful to see. Like they're they're making it so she's cute and small, but like the the fingerboard, like that little crook, is like right here for her. There's no way she could play a bass at that level. Her <laughs> arm would be like small and cute. Okay, give way her a break. Up there. <laughs> She but, it like, uh, a, like a 45 degree angle with the floor. Yeah. I mean, if she has it like all the way tilted down and it like, they, they seem to like fix it whenever she's actually playing that it has like gone down, but I'm like, maybe that's the your, magic of not, music. You're yeah, you're right. It just shrinks bases when you play. Imagination. Use your imagination, Anime. Caitlin. <laughs> Anime. This actually brings me to one last thing that I really, really want to emphasize that I love about the show. Like that's a particular moment, but not at the same time, Mm -hmm. which is it brings it back to why I think this is like a better form of visual storytelling than like, this is why I'm an anime fan, Mm -hmm. is that um, uh, Naoko Yamada is one of the directors on the show. Um, She's not the main director, but she's, she did a lot of my favorite, she did all my favorite episodes, I think actually. Um, And she uh, also directed... um, uh, Liz and the Bluebird, which is like a spinoff movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, cannot recommend highly enough. Um, if you ask me, ask me if I like, like Liz and the Bird, Bluebird is a movie that requires you to watch on your phone to get the full mm. story out of it. But it's like, it. it's it's a, it's about uh, um, uh, Nozomi and, um, uh, oh my goodness. Um, uh, is it Yori, Yorizuki? Uh, the the, the oboist. oboe? Oboist yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, probably I, saying her I'm name from wrong. the from the first two episodes of season two. Yeah, um, I can't believe I'm Mizori. Yeah. I guess you don't really love the show then, Mizori. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was I've fine. watched anyway. <laughs> anyway, they um, it's about them, and it's absolutely gorgeous and like just so different. But anyway, uh, every moment, like in the Naoko Yamada episode, shows like why animation is such a great medium for storytelling. I just think like you could not physically put a camera at the angle and perspective. And even if you could, you would never think to do it. When you see Kumiko practicing uh, her euphonium alone, you know, you just, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, that like image, that, that perspective is burned into my head. Like the way that the light moves, like, you know, I, I love a lot of French new wave. Like that some of my favorite cinema is like, you know, like Tarkovsky and Melville. Um, Some uh, uh, Godard. I love Godard. Like, and Godard, like, Yamada has that same level of detail where every image, every, like, pixel on the screen is exactly how she wanted it and speaking to something larger. And with animation, you actually have the power to do that all the time and you don't have to spend 10 years in production to make, uh, you know, something that ends up being mediocre brother or... um, what was that one? Childhood? I don't... You know what I'm talking about. Anyway. <laughs> the the, the Trish Arquette movie that took 10 years to make. Anyway, it oh, feels like... Boyhood? It has that level... Boyhood, boyhood yeah. thank you. Yeah. It has that level of detail and care without having to take 10 years and be a bad movie. Um, and so... Uh, <laughs> it's not that That's That's originally later. But like, again, animation is so perfect for storytelling, even when it doesn't need to be animated. Like... There's nothing that needs to be animated here. It could, all these things are realistic. All these things are real, but it uses the medium of animation to tell a better story because it is so thoughtful about how everything moves, the characters, how the characters move, says way more than you could even get the best actors in the world to do. Um, the, the, the camera angles say so much. The, 
you know, like there's a meme about like uh, Yamada loves feet because a lot of her scenes are just like skirt down for the mm-hmm. girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a joke. That's a meme. Don't don't yeah. don't take too much. It's not literal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Those those it's not scenes. Tarantino. <laughs> it is not not (laughs) those scenes those scenes mean so much more because uh we are looking at it through the exact perspective that the director wants us to and the directors every director who touched this anime um is a genius um it's funny that you mentioned that because i you know being a filmmaker I i honestly i think of like why can't movie frames be this beautiful um, and I literally look and I take stills sometimes. I'm like, I make that part of like my storyboarding process because I'm like, it should be that beautiful. Why can't we, you know, do these kind of shots that are like, some people call these cutaways, but I'm like, these are like the ma, the moments of like silence that like are really beautiful, you know, moments that like the characters can kind of just live in. And so, the, so does the audience. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the feet thing. Cause like, I, I think I'm at a really young rudimentary age. Like I did a lot of like walking shots and it's just like from the foot down. And it's just like, like those those perspectives of like the world is different, you know, the world is different now with these new steps that we're taking in life. But um, it's, it was funny because I was thinking I was like, man, I would totally love to have Miles do an anime by the numbers for the show, but you literally kind of just did that just now. <laughs> so, um, that's that's awesome. Uh, um, um, commenting ahead. on the uh, the the foot thing, the one that I remembered that was like a very real moment to me was Subway. No, um, it it was they were on the bus. I think it was the Minami Middle School when they didn't win, and um, uh, it was they were talking about how they were going to do it next year. And she had her like legs all scrunched up under, her and her shoes were off, and she was like having her feet up on the the seat. And like I've done that, like whenever you you're like in the car on the way back, and you've had your shoes on for a hundred years, so you take them off, and you're like. You know, it, 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 for me, it was like a character thing. It wasn't just like a feet thing. It was like a, like she had just been in these stuffy shoes that she never wears. So she took them off. It tells the story in itself. Yeah. 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 Everything feels intentional. I mean, there, there are always a couple moments that feel a little too extra, but at the same time, like being a middle school, high schooler is being really extra. (laughs) No, it's being really extra. (laughs) I mean, you got all these emotions you don't know what to do with, and you're like paying attention to things that you probably shouldn't be paying attention to. So I, I give it a little credence to be a little, uh, a little like, mm, did you well, need I, to do that? Yeah, and and then being In like high a school, teen- it's like, mm, did you need to do that? And, and no. being a teenager, you're like constantly like critiquing yourself and judging yourself, and like you know they talk about developing as a girl and to a woman. The boobs, also, like, I know, yes. But also the point where like on the subway, where like Kumiko heads like just like practice for hours and she's like tired exhausted it's nighttime and then she like you know it's like sitting in the subway she like takes off her shoes for a quick second then Raina shows up and then she's like oh god and she's, i have like, to be proper yeah. again and it's like yeah it's like those moments of like true humanism that like bleed through the pages and bleed through the animation to like yeah i definitely felt like that and then you and add on like, you add insult to injury of them being um symphony players where it's like there's music there's no there's no room for, especially at that level of like being, um, God, I can't speak, um, going to competitions. Like if you're a competition level, like there has to be like this nitpicking of every note you play. Perfection. 
And so Mm-mm-mm. when you're a musician or whether you're, whether I mean, as an artist, you're, you're not a, just a perfectionist of your art. You're a perfectionist of yourself. And like, you're just like nitpicking every note that is your life, what you wear, yep. what you do, every action that you take. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> but with that, let's with that. maybe do some uh, favorite characters. Yeah, sure. We do some favorite characters and start rounding out the show. Kind of uh, felt like we we did that. But <laughs> I mean, well, we said like kind oh, of yeah. related to, but not I mean, favorite yeah, characters. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite character other than Kumiko, Miles? I mean, I honestly, I feel like again, it's the whole ensemble. I like I like Kumiko the best, of course. Mm-hmm. I really respect and love all of them. I think Taki and Reina are some of the more interesting characters. Mm. Um, Asuka is one of the most... Actually, Asuka is one of the most interesting characters. Yes. I, don't, I both simultaneously love her and just like... I would be so frustrated with her in real life. Oh, but she's yeah. such a perfect character. Um, yeah. Asuka uh, is one of the one of the best characters. Asuka is my favorite character. Oh, not even shocked. She is so... Like, to me, like, the thing is I, like, I love that she's able to look at situations, see the drama, and then be the mediator between the two. Like, when we find out, like, why um, the uh, flute or clarinet player won't be allowed back in, mm-hmm. in for the oboe player. And I was like, wow, like, that's such a, like, a diplomatic move. And it's like, don't say anything because I don't want anyone's feelings to be hurt. But then she turns around and public facing is just like, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. Let's just play. Let's practice. And, you know, everything's like passions. Like, tell me about your stories. Tell me about your problems. Because she's deflecting her own problems. And there's like a beauty to that to me because it's like everyone's going through something. But Asuka kind of has that wherewithal to kind of realize that like the best thing I could do for the group is to not make it about me and to make it about um, everyone else. Um, so like I I really enjoyed that um, and um, I don't know it it, it 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 did it did a lot for me so hmm. um, yeah um, Josh yeah hmm? I want to give a quick shout out also to Haruka yeah the um, in season one she's the the president she plays the baritone oh mm. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah why couldn't she be the president oh. she no she, no that she was the president no that yeah but the, she says that to Oscar she's like why didn't you just be the president because like, I didn't want mm-hmm. to and you were the president because you were the one that decided to be it and I was like oh. God, so that means something. That means what, like she she's willing to be that role, and it's like it's so good. I, I she is so counter to what you imagine would be the president of the club, mm. and you can tell, you can see every little decision, or you only see that one decision really. You don't see other decisions she makes, but everything else you see of her tells the story of how that happened. And looking at Asuka and just seeing like the pain that she has to struggle with from the responsibility, the, the weight of that that role that she is in no way equipped to take on. And then she, um, for her to be able to help turn the club around so meaningfully, so quickly, is very profound and incredible. And I, I'm inspired by her. Yeah. She was, I, would, uh, I would actually second that because I love that scene when when there is that kind of there is that leadership of like, why aren't you? Like you already talked about it, Tom, but I, I just really love that because there is a, and then kind of going on and like at the end of the first season when she's about to give her semi-speech and Asuka is kind of like, kind of gives her a wink of like, you can kind of do, you can do this. Um, but I, 
I just love the way that she she does. She takes on that role. Um, but I also love Sapphire. I just like she's just kind of cute. Midori, she's cute. She's cute. She's she's she she's spunky, and she's got this giant like, um, instrument. That <laughs> she's also kind of like child prodigy. So like she like she never you never hear her struggle. Like yeah. Kumiko struggles to like learn her parts, but you never hear her. So it's like she offers that wonderful um, kind of foil to um, Hazuki. Yeah, Hazuki because um, she can't play or she doesn't know how to play yet. And so it's like you she have just the, different, started. the differing levels of like someone's played for a long time, someone who's like just great at it, and then someone who like loves it but it's not good. So. Yeah. Um, mm. Caitlin, did you did you say Kumiko and uh, uh, Kazuki, like uh, the Hatori? Yeah. Okay, if we could the, do two, Reina two is my okay. Oh yeah. Oh, surprise, surprise. Reina, Reina, I mean the one who's like I'm going to go and reach for the stars because play a you know, trumpet on the mountain. Yeah, because like no one else got there, you know, and it's like to, you know, it's not embarrassing to strive to be great. And even if you lose, like, you know, you at least lost by trying and not because you doubted yourself the entire way through thinking that it's okay to just be okay with not making it. Yeah. You know? And so like, that's the big lesson that she teaches Kumiko. So I, I loved, I loved her. And yeah, I don't know, black haired, black haired girls. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, uh, any, I mean, I, I think we could round out the episode. I do want to say, so obviously... Miles, you recommend this show to all anime lovers. Um, what is a show that you can recommend to somebody that is brand new to anime? Josh, I'm I'm not I'm going to treat you as a proxy here. Um, how would you feel if you had been recommended this like two years ago? Um, I how don't know if I would. I, I don't think that I would at all enjoy it. To be perfectly honest, like I, I I think it's like after having some experience, like Tom and I joke because he's like, no, you've been given the, the cream of the crop. Like we're doing shows that are like, like My Hero Academia, like these things that are the cream of the crop. You don't even know. I I love, I I love (laughs) certain shows, but like he didn't get Shin-chan with like, you know, sketchy animation art style, but it's like, it's in its own right. You know, he didn't see where like. You know, like the nuance of like we're seeing where you know Dragon Ball Super, it's like, oh, those key animation stills aren't great. You know, like this is like so beautiful. beautiful. And I'm I'm only like, at the beginning. So I mean it's like it's one of those things that slice of life animes aren't quite yet my my bag yet. Like I'm not like yeah. it, not yet. But it's one of I we joke because I oftentimes if I don't if I don't like something, I'm not okay with just not liking it. I have to like waterboard myself with it to like <laughs> either A, it forces me to like it or B, it's so violent. I like, I like get it. Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I'm like, why do I not like this? Everybody else does. And I'm just like, Dick Cheney loves you. <laughs> so, so Miles, given that proxy, what do you think? I mean, yeah, that, that kind of speaks to like, I think the, the challenges I have with recommending Tony Phonium to anyone is that if you are unfamiliar with Japanese high school, like you've not watched other anime that have had that kind of setting before, there's just a, a steep cultural learning curve. And yeah. it, to me, it, it like a lot of anime fans fall into the trap of just not realizing how much they've learned, like how many of these, like how much they've internalized their understanding of a lot of these things. And mm-hmm. so they will say, oh, it's no great to start with because, but at the same time, it's like you wouldn't recommend eight and a half to just someone who's getting starting to get into like uh you know 
auteur film. You no. wouldn't, you just wouldn't do that. You'd start no. them off with The Shining or something. And in that same sense, like, well, maybe not The Shining. That's a bit it's traumatizing. A little, it's a little, potentially. But like, that is like, when I, it's like a, a step into the like, oh, this is just a horror film, but it's directed really, really well. Um, and like has these things that kind of give you a little more to think about. And in that same sense, um, uh, I had something and then it just went away. <laughs> Must have been oh a lie. My goodness. No, I mean, Princess kidding. Mononoke, I hate to just jump to, jump to Ghibli, but I always feel like Princess Mononoke is a great mm. jumping off point because it does not um, ignore a- any of the things that makes anime anime. Like mm-hmm. Bakano is something where it's like, there's a lot of animeisms that are a little over the top. Bakano is one of my favorite series, but it's a little too much anime yeah. um, in some places for like someone's first like anime. Uh, whereas one of my first one, but it's like Isaac and Miria, like for example, can be just like a lot if you have never watched any anime, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the like tropes are just like, what the what what are what you is, doing? What why is, is happening? Um, why like, is why? anime <laughs> anime powers? Uh, yeah, I and so like Princess Monoke does not pretend it's not anime. Like some of the anime that people recommend, like you want people to get into, like people like anime because it's anime, not because it's not anime. So yeah. if you're gonna baby step them in, you just have you have to go anime, but you can't go too far. And so something like almost any Ghibli film is good in that regard. Um, like Cowboy Bebop, of course, is a little actually not anime enough in some regards. So I actually don't like yeah. recommending it first thing because you can just be a Cowboy Bebop fan, and that doesn't mean anything about whether or not you like anime. Mm. And so uh, I, I tend to want to go a little, a little deeper. You throw them into the deep end, but not into the ocean. A little witch academia. <laughs> witch academia is a very good one to start with. Absolutely. There you go, Kayla. I, I only recommend it because I'm in it. <laughs> there you go. And I love it. You're in it. Wow. Yeah, I'm a voice actress. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I watched only the sub version. Sorry, Caleb. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's fine. No, I like things like that are a good entry point though, because it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of like the storyline of Harry Potter. And that's familiar. Something that can be familiar um from popular Western culture and be in something that's in anime as well kind of gives you that entry point. It's a completely different story. Yeah, it's and it's has, like a has its own warp warmth and 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 storyline and and backstory and all of and well, great characters that, that's why sometimes leading questions are always not leading questions but just like setup questions where it's like well what do you like probing like, questions yeah probing yeah. questions of like oh you like harry potter okay then well you might like this this <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah if you like true crime stuff erased is like a perfect oh, starter anime. yes because that is like very much true crime but it's very anime. Oh, it's, it's super not too anime. anime. But it's it yeah, is, it is it, decidedly anime. I love but these it measurements. That line. Not too anime, but it is very anime. But, but that is kind of the thing, yeah, though. You do have to ask those leading questions of like, what are you already interested in? How can I find mm-hmm. an entry point for you? Because as as you were saying, like anime is not just like one thing. It's a lot of things. It's a buildup. There's not something you don't just like something out of the get-go there's something that informs that liking yeah so there's like a there's a there's a years of stacking of stuff of like (laughs) of why you might like some baggage you have baggage baggage that that informs your liking of something 
It's like yeah. what Miles saying was like, you know, like if you watch anime at a young age, like you don't, you take a lot for granted for like what you realize you've learned because. Yeah, exactly. Like meeting up on rooftops where like there's a giant fence. Like, why is that a thing? And then it's like, why do people meet on rooftops? Why do they all have like white button up shirts? And then why are they pants? always riding trains? Why are, you it's know, like, why are there so many power lines? Why are there cicadas? Why is it there's like a little, what like are these little, bird sounds I've why, never heard before? Why do all the levees look beautiful? It's like those kind of things. Like those are all parts. And it's like, why does food always look so good? Yeah. Why do they walk <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> um, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's those kind of things where I think, yeah, you do take for granted. So like, going in it as an adult if you're brand new to anime but if you're younger it's kind of like it's very easy it's like learning a language i'm assuming yeah very much like learning a language 100 yeah that's very good <laughs> yeah i like how you um, just went very good tom yeah that was very, very good. good it is a, it is a, it is like, tom. Yourself on the back like going back to like what miles saying was like watching like watch movies but watch auteur films it's like oh that's very different you know so yeah well um, yes uh, Miles, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Things that are coming up that you want everybody to know that about? That you can say that you won't get you fired? You were Croy in Little Miss I Academy? was. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I watched nice. it all dubbed. That was, it was excellent. Uh, oh, oh, yay. That's the plug. You're Croy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Croy. Surprise. Great performance. Um, okay. I thought... Follow me on Twitter. I'm real underscore kilometers. More importantly, follow Crunchyroll on every single platform you humanly can. It's okay. C-R-U-N-T-H-Y-R-O-L-L. Uh, Crunchyroll. Um, watch anime. Um, share anime with your friends. Um, watch Barry on HBO Max. Nice. Um, uh, Crunchyroll Expo. A virtual Crunchyroll Expo is coming around this Labor Day weekend. Oh. Please, please, please check us out. We're going to be making announcements coming soon. So uh, it's a virtual convention that promises to be uh, above and beyond your wildest expectations. Oh, wow. So, trying out new things. Uh, very, very, very excited. Um, awesome. So. Maybe Nerdon will be hanging around. Mm. <laughs> mm. That'd be cool. Awesome. Thank love, love to talk to you about that after this. Okay. Thank you, thank you for, for taking the time, too, Miles. Thank yeah. you for chatting with us about one of your favorite anime, if not your favorite anime. Yeah. This very is, happy to be here. This is wonderful, wonderful. Um, Everybody at home, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Um, if you are new to NerdOn, please do check out our website, nerdon.tv. Um, stop by, rate and review us wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart. We are everywhere. So subscribe, listen, share us with your friends, your family. Share it with everybody. That's how we... And watch Barry on H2O Max. Yes. Um, <laughs> do consider joining the Nerd on Nation. Uh, it does help us to grow. It helps us to be the best that we can be. Check out that Discord. Um, but yeah, that is everything. That has been the show. Thank you so much. We love you all. You know the drill. As always, Nerd, nerd on. on. Nerd on. Ooh. I missed that. <laughs>